Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Talking It Out About. Um, I'm very lucky that today I'm joined by another wonderful guest. So welcome Sarah to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. We love a good chat about FND on this podcast, so why not? Um, so can you just... Oh, that was going to be a really weird question I was about to ask you then. I was going to be like, introduce yourself, but that's not what I meant at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew what I meant, having a moment. That's um, all right. So your, how about we just start from the beginning with your experience of FND? We'll go from there. Yeah, fab. So uh, I was diagnosed with FND about, well, pretty much bang on two years ago, actually. Uh, it was mm -hmm. the 26th of October. Don't know why oh. I remember it, just forever grazed in my memory um <laughs> I, I think we do that though don't we it's a key date and we hold on to it I don't know when I was but I know I know some of my key dates and like that's an important date must hold on to that yeah the brain is like we'll retain that one because yeah. we might <laughs> want to come back to it at a later date for something it, exactly <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah so I was diagnosed a couple of years ago after having symptoms for a long long time um as mm -hmm. many many people uh, do um but I'd kind of had quite acute symptoms for probably about 12 months up to that point um okay so I had probably had some symptoms again looking back in hindsight since I'd had the Epstein-Barr virus so glandular fever back when I was about 1920 so that would have mm. been eight nine years ago now um and I developed some sensory issues and obviously fatigue it's never gone away yeah. um yeah. it's pins and needles all the kind of cog fog type symptoms that you tend to get um when you're sort of you know post-viral fatiguing so sort mm. of separately to um fnd it was you know well we'll wait another year and we'll see how you are we'll wait another year and see how you are was kind of the um direction that i went down in which was which made sense at the time but nothing mm. really ever resolved so i had peaks and troughs as people do you know you kind of go into periods of almost remission where things are a lot easier and then it hits you again mm. um and then in the end i had quite a <clears throat> a bad session basically for for 12 months I started getting weakness and and developed a lot more um symptoms that were more debilitating I would say um mm. and I have a you know I had a I say have because my she's no longer with us but my uh, mum had multiple sclerosis it was very very similar in how it presented and it was like oh do we think maybe we should be going down this route Mm. um to get it investigated because there's links etc and yeah so the long story short was in the end I went pr to a private neurologist because neurology services are not fantastic uh, where I live mm. um and worked with him and the GP to get a diagnosis I had MRI scans and various other tests just to rule out because they were also the way that my symptoms manifested um very much mimicked uh, multiple sclerosis so mm. I am less of the kind of um needs attacks the non-epileptic seizures and mm. more the very physical kind of fatigue sensory issues and all those yeah. kind of elements so so yeah it was uh it was a bit of a journey um I then you know kind of again peaked and troughed improved got a bit worse different things happened and then towards the start of this year I found I had gained a whole new heap of issues I had problems oh. with my my bladder my sight in my left eye um oh my goodness so it it's all it all kind of came back to a head and now I'm back I'm under the NHS 
which is fantastic. So I've got, mm. you know, enough neurological issues now that they put me back under the National Health Service. But mm. um, yeah, so it's kind of I'm almost relearning um, all of my triggers or trying to like understand, you know, all these different symptoms because it still feels quite new, really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much. I was I was I was like, oh, I need to ask her about this, and I need to ask her about that. And I, <laughs> I, I probably haven't written anything down, and I can't remember anything I wanted to ask you. But there was so much in that that I was like, oh, this would be really good to talk about. I'm sure it will come to me as we as we go through. Um, but I know. Um, I'm sorry about the loss of your mum, by the way. Um, and I know that the people that going through the diagnosis um lots of people get told it might be something like ms or yeah um something like that that's quite a common um kind of path if you like that absolutely before you have that diagnosis they look at like oh it could be this or it could be that and i know when i was in the unit um there were people in there and they were trying to work out if it was um ms or anything similar like that or yeah. if it was F and D, and they were doing lots to try and figure out the difference between them, um, and see if they could identify what it might have been. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it is very difficult um, in a lot of ways. And I saw my neurologist yesterday, um, mm. very timely. And mm. it is, it is, it's kind of. Uh, we were talking about the. I said the fact, you know, look, I, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Things have mm. got worse, not better, which has surprised me, if I'm honest. You know, I've yeah. followed lots of the things that we're supposed to do, and then mm. you, you go, but am I doing the right things? Um, mm. And it was actually a very positive appointment, and the, there was a discussion about that kind of look. We did all the tests, but maybe we should do some other tests. You do have FND, but we want to check you don't have anything else as well. And I think yeah. that's the thing when you do have those positive signs of of FND, there's still a little bit of well, we really should rule other things out as well because it's oh, yeah. very difficult to kind of you know pin things exactly to FND other than those positive diagnostic factors, really. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, um, I mean, I had, I think I had one MRI right at the beginning so yeah. years ago and I haven't had anything since and I'm just very trusting in the fact that it's all fine because no one said oh we need to do a repeat one and just check so I'm just trusting yeah that it's all fine and I'm going okay that's fine but I think um everyone and Jack who obviously does the podcast with me he hates the word journey and I, I love the fact he's not currently on it so I can say it as much <laughs> as I like yeah. the journey with FND is never smooth and I think someone I don't know who it was so whoever it was if you're listening um, this is this is your your phrase and I'm lifting it so thank you very much um, and I'm sorry I can't remember who you are um, but they said like it's not about it's not going to be a steady kind of walk through the park it's you go up and down mountains all the Absolutely, time with yeah. or I'm paraphrasing it very badly but that sort of thing and I think that's really important to to hold on to and remember that whilst FND is a cruel mistress at points she gives us those positive elements as well Absolutely, Even if they yeah. are more difficult to kind of pinpoint and go ah oh, that was a good that was a good move yeah. um, it's, it's just difficult when you're you know you can't walk or your eyesight goes or whatever it might be and you're like ah oh. um but we've got to hold on to those positives as well it's interesting that Definitely. you you're saying that you think you've got worse over the two years um yeah I, 
it's something it's it's because originally and again i was discussing this with my neurologist saying look i improved i definitely improved Mm. you know it's not um it's not like again it's not this up and down it's not the straight and narrow it's the up and down Mm. and you know during the pandemic it was it was brilliant to be blunt i was i was great the ability to work from home had massively improved my general health and well-being Mm. um and I loved it. And I know, I know, <laughs> I know, obviously you don't, it's, you know, I didn't like the, the surrounding, um, it's, it's worrying, you, you're upset for people who are having to kind of face, face the pandemic alone. But, you know, I was living with my parents, my partner, I couldn't see as much, which was, you know, um, difficult, but actually there was a lot of it that was really positive for me and my health improved because we kind of went, it was within six months we were in lockdown after I was diagnosed. Mm. Again, a lot of people will be in a similar position, I know. And it was kind of like, well, the six months I've kind of been quite steady and I would say I generally improved and then you go, well, over the summer, everything improves and mm. then had continued quite well throughout the winter and then kind of boom, come January, February time, it just a load of new symptoms hit. And one of the things that... um. I know quite a few people will probably be thinking as well, you know, she did lose her mum, but that didn't happen mm. until June. <laughs> so this ah. was something that, you know, we couldn't, I completely think that, you know, like I look at myself now and I go, I'm sure that if I'm having a difficult day, the chances are it's it's wrapped up in grief. Mm. Whereas prior to that, I mean, it's it was very difficult for me to understand. So originally the kind of, for me, the trigger felt like coming out of quite an unpleasant relationship. So I mm. could see that there was something that had kind of caused, you know, I'd had the original virus that I think had given me really bad fatigue, for example. And we yeah. could, you know, talking with my GP, you could talk through the journey a little bit. And obviously none of us will ever truly know, like mm. never actually know. Um, but you can kind of guess. And then really I was in probably one of the best positions in my life in terms of doing a job I enjoyed working from home permanently not having to worry about whether I'll go back to the office Mm. um engaging with a good you know good social setup with my friends all quite introverted so we're all kind of like yeah we don't all want to be with each other all the time but we know we're there so it's even like good balance with things like that Um, Mm. yeah it's just very stable and then to kind of be hit with a new plethora of symptoms I was like what (laughs) Mm. what is this but again it's it's you know it's just not a linear journey and I really appreciate that that's um that's something that's very I think that's one of the most frustrating and difficult things to get your head around as somebody who's got a condition that doesn't just follow a path it's just like I don't know where I'm gonna be tomorrow yeah we'll yeah we'll just see (laughs) yeah and that I think that um that's really hard to accept um, I was talking to someone yesterday, actually, about um, FND and how um, it kind of comes through for me and stuff. And she was like, oh, do not do not know when you're going to be bad. And I was like, no, it literally can change yeah. minute to minute, hour to hour. Like I have no control over when I might be good and when I might be bad. Sometimes I can kind of if it's a very yeah. like, serious situation, I can force myself in enough because I have the dissociative side as well yeah I can force myself in enough that I'm I can function yeah but other times you could be talking to me in the next minute that's it I'm I'm five-year-old and you're like oh right what's happened hello where where did that come from I was not expecting this yes (laughs) who is this person I am now talking to yeah what is happening um and I think on a previous podcast that has happened and that change has been heard by the listeners plenty and it does yeah it's really hard because you just don't know like you try and kind of go oh it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine especially when you've had like a couple of good days back to back you're yeah. like oh I've got this I've cracked it 
And then all of a sudden it goes, no, you haven't. And it throws your walk out or your speech out or whatever it might be. And you're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Uncertainty is not the human's friend. I think we don't cope well <laughs> with uncertainty, do we? As, as a species, I think we go, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. What do I do? Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that that's also not FND's friend. It's like, it's, it's just this vicious cycle to an extent where it's like, so... Um, you know, I was fine 10 minutes ago. So I don't like, for example, last week, I think it was last week. I'm not sure. Um, my part, my partner came down. So he works from home most of the time as well, came down mm. and I'd had, you know, normal day, feeling pretty good. Uh, came downstairs and I looked at him and I was like, oh, wow, I can't speak. And he's just like, yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> it's not going to happen as it is. So I just look at and I, you know, I have, again, I've got kind of classic FND, um, symptoms that that make me go yeah this is definitely fnd like we know mm. that this is fnd i don't need to debate it but it's just like why now why <laughs> why have i just suddenly looked at you and gone so i can possibly get out one or two words mm. but i think i'm gonna have to do something to readjust and just yeah. come back to you at a later date or whatsapp me is uh, a favorite we just whatsapp each other sometimes <laughs> really struggling no I think but I mean I've written on a whiteboard that we've got in the house to communicate with my husband that's that's how I will communicate with him if I'm particularly bad I'll just write although the handwriting is atrocious yeah I will just write on a whiteboard or a piece of paper but it's more effective than no communication exactly and I think you've got to find those small wins absolutely where you can and also you said something um about like um, the link between people might say that the reason you got worse is because your mum died and the trauma and that would have triggered it. But not all, I've, so I hear, not all FND is triggered by a trauma. Sometimes it does just happen. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I think that's really important for people to remember as well is that, yes, it can very definitely be triggered by a, a traumatic experience in whatever form that yeah, might yeah. be. But equally, it can just decide to rear its head and go, you know what, I'm going to be here for a while yeah, for exactly. no particular reason. And that's really hard. Like you said, the uncertainty and the not knowing when it's going to rear its head and go, you know what, you forgot about me for a day. I'm here. Pay me attention. Um, exactly. It's looking for the answers all the time that I think sometimes aren't there. That's the most difficult thing. So I know that other so I work, I do work for a multiple sclerosis charity. So I kind of okay. um, I, I see all sides of neurological you know I'm part of neurological groups of all different kinds um Mm. and it's really interesting to see that the uncertainty kind of does it goes across all neurological conditions really for the most neurology and neuropsychiatry like as branches of um health uh health disorders or um, Mm. branches of psychology and all those kind of elements they they are just they're inherently uncertain like Hmm. there's so many it's I see so many people with MS talking about why did I have a relapse um they go and get a scan and there's no lesion activated or anything like that and they go well don't know why you've had a relapse so actually it, it does kind of transcend neurology I think the uncertain nature of waking up one day and something you know your left leg not working right or you Hmm. just can't can't reassociate you know just disassociating all day or whatever and you think why now (laughs) but it's it's just I think that's one of the I definitely think that's something that is um because I think even in in terms of when you see a neurologist or you go for your CBT you know you're kind of looking for it for the answer to things Mm. rather than the management of things and I think that possibly is one of the better like the longer that you have the condition I think the more you think 
about management than answers and I think yeah. that's where you possibly for the most part can can find some more um stability and that doesn't necessarily mean that the condition improves or gets worse but actually you find stability in how you handle those situations yeah no definitely and I think um that's really important that actually you don't necessarily have to have the answers as humans we love to have the answers and it's yeah it's human nature yeah it is, <laughs> but actually sometimes it's not about finding the answer it's finding strategies to just help and just manage absolutely and that that's the thing that matters and I think that's where you know that time you you do have to kind of go through that process of looking for the answers I think and then go, yeah. go now I'm just going to manage it because you're going to want to look for answers anyone around you who is seeing you go through something like this is going to want to have answers yeah it's natural and I think you've got to have that bit to then go okay I'm just going to look at how I'm going to manage my day-to-day -day life and make sure that I can function to the best of my ability regardless what kind of day I'm having yeah, as Freud said, sometimes a dream is just a dream. Um, <laughs> and I think that as humans, we're like, what's the meaning? But where yeah. is, you know, where is where is the, the the sense in all this? And I do think as well, like you did touch on the fact that actually people around you are looking for answers as well. And that's mm. where I think it becomes difficult because you as the person who is experiencing it feels a little bit responsible for mm. finding those answers because yeah. your partner, your workplace, your friends, well, why is this happening or what can I do for you or and, and with the best intentions in many cases but you just say well I, I can't tell you I can't yeah. I don't know I don't know what's going to trigger me off I don't know if I'm going to be okay tomorrow I can't guarantee it um mm. I can probably say yes or probably but nothing is ever kind of certain again no um and it's I think that's yeah I think it's possibly a little bit of self almost responsibility put some pressure on to go I need to find out you know how how can I tell if I'm going to be okay tomorrow or mm. you know where are these answers that I can give to people so I don't let them down or I don't have to take time off work or I don't mm. have to think about changing my job or you know there's so many elements to that I think um actually of that responsibility that also can be quite almost detrimental really to your improvement and management because you're just too focused on knowing what's happening yeah and I think the people around you pay pay play sorry play even um a really important role in your journey i love that i can say that word um in your journey with life's it. a journey life is a journey and as much as he hates it i love saying it yeah life is a journey and fng is a journey and journey 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 um i think that um they are involved in that and it's really hard i would imagine to watch someone that you care about go through any yeah. sort of illness and they are going to want to find answers. It's natural to want to be able to help and solve and Absolutely. make things right and go, right, okay, so if I do this, is this going to be better for you? Is this going to be worse for you? And sometimes you just don't know. And sometimes your workplace can ask you and you go, I literally don't know. And exactly. it's really hard to have that conversation and say, I don't know, but I know how to manage it, hopefully enough. If it does happen, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah I think those um sorry I touched on like three different things in that <laughs> the relationships are important and they and a toll is taken on relationships when you're going through something like that um Definitely. because it's scary it's it's a scary experience um, and it, yeah it's 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 kind of it can be quite a stressful dynamic where somebody becomes 
you know periodically a carer mm. or you know so there's not always kind of those defined lines even it's not like yeah. well I know I've got to help with this it's you know on any given day it's like oh we've got a day where I've got to do you know I've got to step up and help with this because mm. you know legs are not working yeah not functioning fatigued or whatever I think that uncertainty is difficult for everybody involved actually and I'm very conscious of that with my partner because he's he's very good sing all of his praises he's very mm. laid back to a fault where it's annoying to <laughs> Um, but it's the perfect kind of thing where we'll, we'll go with the flow. And I just think mm. that it is very, very difficult, though, to be able to factor in going with the flow. Mm. How can you decide, you know, when? Because it's just, it's, yeah, it's just such such uncertainty for everybody. But, yeah, if they if they are sort of, you know, um, aware enough to think I'm going to possibly have to flex up at points here, mm. it is very helpful. And again, for friends, you know, I, one of my best friends said to me, what if you're having because I do have some uh, I've had very um a very small amount but I have had uh, non-epileptic seizures attacks mm. um and he said what do I do if if you if you start to go just what do you want me to do mm. preempting the fact that it might happen one day mm. and I think that those kind of questions as well to go just say what you know and it's like we might be able to not answer it you know I might not be able to say well can you do but I can say don't call an ambulance because they're not going to help yeah, yeah <laughs> you know no, things like that yeah yeah no definitely and I think that's really important I um I think it's knowing how to in terms of like the non-epileptic um attacks it's knowing okay I don't need an ambulance yeah. for me what I need is I need you to talk to me I need you to talk to me as if nothing's happening um even if I can't answer you have a one-sided conversation with me show me a funny yeah. video like just make sure I'm safe and I'm not going to whack my head on a radiator or anything, but just keep talking to me. Don't try and pile stuff on me. Like yeah. make sure I'm cool and I'm safe and just chat to me and I will come out of it when my body decides it's done being a fish on the floor is how I phrase it. Exactly. And you'll um, develop that awareness through time, just of yeah. knowing, you know, when something's happened, you go, well, you know, I know what, what I need because I've had this many you know tax mm. and I've developed the knowledge that I know so I know that don't do this but do do this and there's yeah. a tick list isn't there of things you know yeah. it won't, you won't stop it happening but you can no. you can kind of help whilst it's underway <laughs> yeah you can and I think it's things like if you if you're you kind of train yourself to become really self-aware and sometimes yeah. it's really useful and other times it bites you on the backside because you're like I'm too Very aware true. now I'm too aware and I know literally everything and I just can't be this aware but it's like for me with mine, I tend to know if I get this weird feeling behind my knees, I know I need to sit on the floor or if I choose to sit on the floor, I yeah. know I'm about probably going to have one. I can't tell the size of it, but I know I'm like, mm, something's brewing. Something's yeah, brewing. I like that. Yeah. Something is brewing. And something <laughs> and it's might... not tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cup of tea, sadly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's that sort of thing. And it's knowing that. But I think you can only know that through the experience if that makes sense I think very much yeah you've got to kind of go through those motions haven't you? you've got to, mm. you've got to basically have the attacks and mm. experience different levels of competence for handling mm. them to understand mm. what works and what doesn't I think yeah definitely. yeah definitely and knowing that you know okay I really need you to I don't know stroke my back that will really help me or I really need you to just put a pillow under my head or yeah play this song whatever it is I think you only know that through it happening and that, like people might take stuff from our conversation here and go oh I'm gonna try that 
and that's absolutely great but at the end of the day it's got to be what works for you completely unique isn't it yeah just because it works for me or just because it works for you doesn't unfortunately mean it's going to work for everyone but it's really good to kind of bounce those ideas and go I've tried this why don't you try that and just see if it helps Um, and just because it's worked one time doesn't mean it'll work the next either I think that's the other thing that's quite um confusing a little bit with FNDs sometimes Mm. you think ah so this helps me so I'll do that so I don't know for example um I used to uh, if I was having problems with my walking I would walk backwards um okay I have like I had just a knee drop so my left leg would just give way quite regularly and at Mm. some points I'd look like I was sort of like grooving into town it would Mm. just keep going you know every step and I'd be like people are gonna (laughs) think is she just dancing what's she doing um and I found I don't know one time in Primark you know I was like well I've got to be able to walk because I've got to be able to get out of here at least get a taxi you know I've got to I've I've got to because I will drop to the floor there will be a point when my knee just gives way and I drop to the Mm. floor so I was like so what can I try I've done most you know I've done most little things that I kind of fiddle around with nothing's working and I just started walking backwards and it seemed to reset my brain signals mm. where I could then have a period of time walking forward where my knee wouldn't drop. I had to keep sort of going between backwards and forwards, mm. but it did work. And eventually it kind of brought me out of the drop drop uh, kind of sessions. And oh, it's tough. it's so random. It's such a random thing. But, you know, if anybody wants to try walking backwards in a safe environment, <laughs> if you're ever, <laughs> I don't know what it does. I don't know. I, but it was one of, I remember messaging my partner, like, I've just found the coolest thing. If I walk <laughs> backwards, then everything's cured. Um, and it's See, just you, you're little just showing off. You're just yeah. showing off because I'm fine now. <laughs> I, I couldn't walk backwards. So you are just showing off. Yeah. I've seen, I've already got the legs, are, legs are going just in a really weird fashion. So. <laughs> See, I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk backwards. So like my physio tried it with me. Yeah. And I could not walk backwards. It's so oh, strange how, how the connections just get falsified, don't they? Like all mm. of a sudden it's something that most, like if, so, if somebody said, you know, pointed at someone and right, you walk backwards, most people could just, okay, and just walk backwards for a while. And then yeah. until you actually try something, like you will have gone, what? That's weird. <laughs> like, why, why can't I go backwards? <laughs> why, why, why can't I do this? It's like yeah. uh, climbing the stairs. Oh my goodness me. Yeah. No, like there are days where I don't climb the stairs at all because I can't. And there are days where I climb it, but I climb it one stair at a time because I can't. One stair at a time is my my personal fave. I mean, that's I quite really regular like for it. me. It's yeah. it's it's my go to way normally. And then my husband will come up behind me and like move my leg up. Yeah. And like I find that I end up comp- like losing my balance because he's thrown me off, and I'm like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get yeah. me to get my you're leg. You're helping. Onto- you're helping, but, but you're throwing my balance <laughs> off, and now I'm like, I'm on a stair. Like, let's not do this. Um, yeah. But it's that muscle memory, isn't it? Of right yeah. now, I need to go up, and I need to get that movement up. But it's really hard. The, but I, yeah, I find down quite difficult generally. Like I still, like I would still, yeah, I still find coming down the stairs quite hard, and especially in the morning, like really hard. So I will end up on a bit of a bum slide because I have fallen down them a couple of times. Though I thankfully mean, we don't have many. But that's totally what I would do. Yeah, and I have done that, and you know, and you just like, okay, so how do I do this safely? <laughs> how do I come because I've got no choice like I've got to go to bed I've got to you know and I'm, thankfully yeah. I've never been at the point where I've gone right I literally can't get up or down I'm gonna have to sit on the sofa mm. um but it still is quite you know this isn't it's the safety level mm. isn't it of going this is not safe like say you're not yeah. if you're knocked off balance or whatever 
it's like okay this is pretty dangerous um so i've got to think about how this works um yeah yeah, there's some really strange things that you just never thought you'd ever sort of feel or see yourself doing like (laughs) especially you know as a young person just sort of sitting on the stair just sliding down using just the one leg because the other one won't work properly holding on like <laughs> like some kind of weird slalom um <laughs> oh, but i think i think why not i mean oh if god if it works yeah. if it works why not yeah. I mean, there, I, there have been times where i have gone down the stairs on my bum and down the bum side and there are times when i've gone up the stairs on my bum because i can't quite work out how to move my legs yeah, and I, think, that, mm. I mean it's a really good arm workout if anyone's interested that's very true um, yeah. going up the stairs on your bum really good for your arms um but again it is that safety thing and um when my husband will walk behind me and try and move my leg he's always behind me so exactly that yeah. he can catch me in case i do i never do it if i can't do it i just go up one step at a time it's absolutely fine by me because it's yeah. that safety thing of huh, no not going to risk that but it is you learn those little tips and tricks that just help you get through your day and help you go okay so on a particularly bad day I just once I'm downstairs I will never come back upstairs yeah and then you and you think you know do I need to go upstairs is it unnecessary yeah can I actually today just not do that yeah is it a necessary trip no okay I'm gonna stay downstairs and that's absolutely fine exactly I think it's about accepting that actually some days you're not going to move very far and other days you'll feel like you can take on the world and do everything yeah my not uh, doing that. Yeah, my favorite thing that I took up a few weeks, months ago, which I thought was a great idea, bearing in mind what we were just talking about in terms of sometimes I can't even navigate the stairs. I was like, I'm gonna do 5k park run Ooh, um every nice. Saturday <laughs> because oh. I d- I decided that was gonna fix me as well. Um, oh, okay. as you do. You think, right, I'm gonna get so fit that my body is just like I don't I don't have problems anymore. It's mm. gonna just fix it. Mm. Um obviously because for some reason you trick yourself into thinking things like that and I would find myself uh, and in fairness I did complete it a few times well I did done. do it um, well and it felt like a personal you know goal I wanted to try and run again at some point not necessarily far but just get running and I was very proud and it was a good moment in a lot of ways but it also meant that I had to write off my weekend I <laughs> couldn't feel my left leg for the whole time after it like literally couldn't feel it as in it would go completely numb because um, it's generally my left side that's weak and one time I ran it with you know kind of dragging my foot Mm. and then I I mean my my dad and my partner were like what are you doing this is is not benefiting you you're just doing it because you're stubborn (laughs) and I was like "Mm, yeah well I guess I've proven that I can do it now (laughs) yeah I'm I'm really glad it's not just me that's really stubborn because that often I often get called that in terms of my FND and I'm like well I can't help it I'm just trying trying to do something you know I want to give it my best go I want to see if I can and actually Doing it once may not be enough to prove to me if I can or can't do it. I might have to do it 10 times to realise I can't do it. And I'm willing to take that risk. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, you want to to try, you want to see, you want to test your own boundaries, your own limits to work out where your normal is for that day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I actually think that's quite healthy. Mm. I I don't think it's a bad thing. If you want to push yourself to an extent, um, I'm not going to advocate you know pushing yourself but I think the attitude to thinking you you know I want to give this a go I want to to improve or I want to Mm. kind of try something I think if it's safe and you factored in you know your own personal circumstances that it it can be a good thing and it can mentally give you a boost as well it can also be 
damaging in mentally you know if you think oh I couldn't do that like I wanted to but mm. you know if you, if you really believe that it's something that you're sort of you know desperate to try and it, it can be it can be a positive um even if it's you know dragging your leg through a 5k thinking what am I doing this for and then going yeah okay fair enough I've done it enough now <laughs> but I think you you like we were saying you don't know until you do it exactly you just don't know how your body and your brain is going to react to that set of circumstances so you have to try yeah that's the way I feel you have to give it a go and just see and I always if I'm going to try something new I always have like an exit plan just so that I'm like right if it goes horribly wrong here's my exit plan I've got very wise someone with me that knows me that knows how I might react and this is my exit plan so if need be I have a route out if it goes completely peak tong and I'm like, not a chance. Not yeah, a that's what's going on now. Um, very wise. <laughs> I think it's just knowing that. It's knowing that, okay, I'm going to need an exit plan for this because I know it's going to be physically draining or mentally draining. I know I'm not going to be able to do whatever it might be afterwards because I'm going to be too exhausted exactly, yeah. to do it. And that's okay. And being exhausted and being tired is okay. I'm starting to try and see it as like more of a positive thing. Like I've tried really hard. I've, yeah. done, I've done really well. And now I get to rest. Now I get to chill. And yeah. that's okay. And and rest is a necessity, mm. you know. And I think that we, I do think it's a very cultural thing that we kind of think working more is somehow morally better. Or you mm. know, when I say working, you know, pushing yourself yeah. more or pushing to do things and volunteering, working, socialising, whatever it is. Yeah. Kind of the more you push yourself somehow, the better you are. And I mm. think that there's kind of a bit of a narrative in our culture around that. Whereas actually, do people sleep? Of course they do. Mm. it's just it's not it's not like oh you're so lazy you slept for eight hours it's like no I needed to sleep because my body requires sleep it's the same as eating the same as drinking water they are they are necessities and I think when you sort of start to readjust your own narrative about rest that is very beneficial when you start thinking no rest is is something I need as a human being yeah everybody needs it we might need a bit more than other people um or different yeah or different types of rest you know we might Mm -hmm. just need like I for example one of my absolute go-to things is if in the daytime if I'm really fatigued in and I'm completely cog foggy I will go and have a lie down in bed flat out like I love stretching my body out that seems to help me a lot and I don't necessarily need to sleep but I know Mm -hmm. I need to just take the weight off my body it feels Mm -hmm. heavy yeah. And I think I just need to, I need to be flat. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. even for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it might be an hour. It doesn't really matter just as long as I get that kind of break. And it, and then you're more productive as an individual. So you yeah. do feel like you maybe can make yourself tea or that you can make yourself a drink. And, you know, you kind of, you give yourself so much by allowing that rest. Yeah, and definitely. I think that people, you know, anybody with FND, especially the more you're kind of taught that the healthier your your attitudes are to rest in that way the Mm. more you can really you know manage it like we were saying about that how do you actually you know go from looking for answers to management well your attitudes to things like rest and things can really help I I think personally they have done for me yeah no I I definitely agree I think the the um the difficult thing is is that when you then factor work into that how yes those well like for you I guess you work at home so therefore you've got access to your bed so you can go lay down as it is yeah Um, (laughs) I'm very very lucky that I do have a job where I work from home but Mm. I I wouldn't be able to work 
certainly not full time if I didn't mm. that would I would not be able to and it is something you know I have flexible hours and things like that but I do feel that I am in the lucky bracket where I am mm. able to do that and mm. still work how do you so in terms of working with FND how does obviously working from home is definitely a benefit for you um but in terms of how you go about kind of where's my sentence going I had a really good sentence and it's completely gone out of my brain it's, that's good isn't it it's going um, in a direction it's going in a direction but it's not the right direction <laughs> it's gone off in a different direction but I don't know what the direction is this is good isn't it this is this is why we have great conversations on this podcast because my brain goes in different ways and I'm like I've got no idea where it's gone um working with FND is it how <clears throat> no, no it's gone What's it like? What's it like? Let's go with that. What's it? What's it like? Let's go with that. Oh my goodness, my brain. Sorry. <laughs> don't you? Know, no, you don't need to apologise at all. This is this is what. <laughs> no, I'm going to do the same now. <laughs> it's catching as the problem. Yeah, um, we'll just we'll just ignore it and it'll be fine. Yeah, just yeah, just brush over it and it's fine. <laughs> well, um, I was uh, started getting my worst. So I started having tremor symptoms and things like that when I wasn't working from home. So I was. <laughs> It was, you know, I started before I got a job working from home, but I did look for a job to work from home. So I've always worked for charities. I work on befriending projects, so peer support type projects where people um, help each other and they've been with people with hearing loss or whatever else. And I support volunteers. So I'm very kind of I have to spend a lot of time in meetings with people, um, but through Zoom. Yeah, uh, obviously. you know, obviously, as we are, because we're and I work for a global charity now, which is actually a very good idea because you can't access people very well globally, so you have to do it digitally, which is yeah. lovely. Um, but I do find like work, to be honest, is probably one of my biggest challenges because I have to do what I've committed for my work. I have to do my hours. Yeah. Um, and I have to adjust my life accordingly in order to achieve those hours. So if I'm having a bad week. I don't want to keep taking sick days um, yeah. because again, that, that is, that it also has a negative impact. I think on your well-being. actually is if you just keep taking days here and there as yeah. well, um, rather than being on long-term um, sick, which I think is probably better in some respects, mm. you know, for kind of getting readjusting your life. I think if you just can't manage the hours um, it's very, very difficult, but the balance is, is really hard. So for example, this morning, um, I normally start at half eight. So I do longer days for a few days in the week. And then I do a short day Friday, mm. um, in order to kind of have longer to rest. Like I have a basically a longer weekend. Yeah. But I find that like this morning uh, after my neurology appointment yesterday, which again, I'm kind of allowed to go to, um, during working time, as long as you're, you know, factoring it in towards the end of the day or whatever else. Yeah. Um, I found that I was so I was just so exhausted so exhausted it's emotionally drained as well you know it's it is, it's, yeah. it's just the way I think whenever you do anything like that and I didn't start work until later in the day but then I have things that I'm doing and I will work through in the evening instead because that's when I function better so I think mm -hmm. that flexibility is hugely beneficial yeah um, I am my biggest thing from the start from when I had glandular fever nine years ago was I need to be able to work full time. I, I felt that it was a very personal motivator for me that I want mm. to be able to work full time. And when I say full time, I mean full time hours, not necessarily unflexibly. Mm. But I think it's really I'm going through the kind of transition at the moment of having that, um, you know, occupational health assessments, weighing up what's better, having a proper desk set up with feet raises is the thing that, you know, we've talked about screen um 
covers all the kind of things that help to make work easier mm. are now becoming essential so i really need to have things in place <laughs> in order to actually work mm. um but it's it's not easy i'm not gonna palm off that i'm some kind of superwoman that you know isn't <laughs> isn't affected like nah it's cool you know i'm a workaholic mm. i really sometimes struggle to just achieve my hours because i am just foggy you know, I can't do the bigger thinking. I'm not writing a strategy document today because, oh my gosh, I cannot even see straight. You know, yeah. it's it's a real battle. But you have to, I think you have to spend time weighing up what works again for your fatigue. So for example, even if it's 10 minutes and I go, look, I cannot, I ca literally cannot function. I cannot function. I will fall asleep at my laptop if I don't go and do something. And I have done before multiple times. <laughs> um <laughs> And I will, I will, I will literally fall asleep at my laptop and I sleep a lot. It's not, you know, it's not that I'm some kind of raver either. <laughs> it's just, I just need to stop. Um, and if I do that, what I found is that then I tend to function better later if you yeah. just go and handle it. Um, so 10 minutes, 15 minutes sometimes <laughs> is all you need. But it's, uh, I mean, I'm always really interested in talking to anybody about work and their experiences, actually, because it's definitely the most difficult area for me. And I am now trying to navigate what do I need to make sure that I can kind of continue down the path I want to, because the other thing is I really enjoy my job. I do like mm. it. And again, I feel very lucky that I, I work in a place that is, you know, um, accessible and fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's... Um... Uh, I also work but I work part-time um, and it's really hard to get that balance sorry I'm gonna cough I don't know why I'm coughing <coughs> sorry. that's quite okay <coughs> oh, um, <That's... laughs> it's all this talking I've been doing I've not spoken this much all day <clears throat> yeah I'm the same actually <laughs> like, it's like oh I don't recognize my own voice <laughs> yeah what is this sound coming out of my mouth what is happening um I think it's really hard to get that balance into you do feel guilty that you can't yeah. do as much or you're not as productive on one day as you are another day or you know you haven't achieved that goal that you were set last week yeah or whatever it might it's a really hard balance to get because you're going well I need to look after myself but equally I have a responsibility to work um and it's a really difficult balance to try and get and manage and for the workplace to understand as well I th yeah I think it's the workplace understanding is integral really and I really again I feel quite lucky in that you know we're having discussions about it rather than it being oh yeah you, you just whatever just be flexible and things hopefully mm. will turn out okay yeah you know we're working out what is best in order to actually get the best from me as mm. a staff member and for my health yeah um, and I think that it's you know I think talking about like why do you work you know is it because you need money do you have a set value system of where you want to work you know I think discussing things internally to yourself and thinking about you know how much do I need to work in order to feel valuable mm. how much can I work how much should I work can I go you know can I work part-time and have some top-up benefits um, mm. and I think we're all very squeamish about money talking about it and you know what we and especially in our culture, you know, do, and I think that, but actually you do need to think about these things, you know, do I need to work full time or actually can I work part time and still pay the bills? Yeah. And then possibly, you know, again, there are benefits out there to support people. Um, yeah. And again, access to work as a thing, you know, work, okay, maybe I could work part time if I had some different adaptions in place. There's, there's things there for that. And I think it's really trying to, 
um, investigate that and um, yeah, weigh up again and with your family. So me and my partner and my dad quite often talk about this, you know, should I be cutting my hours back? What, how are we going to navigate that? Do we need this much? Is, how much am I going to get paid? Mm. You know, how will that affect our outgoings, our, our bills? Yeah. And you do have to think about those things. But actually, a lot of the time there are, I do believe there are alternatives to just working and just pushing through. You know, there's, yeah. there tends to be that you could think, well, maybe if I, you know, try to find a job in a different sector or maybe if I'm, um, part time, and you know, my partner is doing another qualification, for example. Well, if he, you know, he'll be able to earn more, and then I can do that. Or, yeah. you know, there's all these discussions that I think if you can be brave enough to have the chats um, with your workplace or with potential employers and being straight with them that, you know, this is what you need, they can't legally discriminate against no, and I anybody. Think that's so I know that. The, the you pick, you said something within that about um how much do you have to work for the so that you feel like you have value absolutely and I think that's a really important question and I know for me personally I found it really hard and I still do I find it really hard when I feel like I'm not providing value and I'm not adding my a value to something and I, yeah. I had this thing, and I, I've always had a thing about being a burden on people. Yeah, I think the FND, <laughs> I think yeah. FND's just heightened that and made that a lot worse. So in my mind, I'm like, right, I can't be a burden. I have to just push and just get it done because I've, I was a burden for a year. I, I, I don't. That's, that's it. That's my allotted time. Like I now need to pull my socks yeah. up and get on and do it. But it's really hard when you're then like, okay. But I also can't do that because my brain will have a meltdown. So and then there's it's a out? cycle. Yeah, it's mm. a cycle, isn't it? Because then you become in a position where you can't contribute. And again, it's self-worth yeah. and value and things like yeah. that. That actually, yeah, there is definitely balance. And I think I mean, obviously, it, I think it goes without saying to say that we, you are not a burden, but there's still an internal narrative, mm. you know, that I I you know there is I am either financially or physically or emotionally yeah. burdening people yeah because of the way I am but actually we you know it's it's more of I really believe because I'm say, saying this because I've seen it from both perspectives so my mum I cared for my mum as uh with my dad and mm. well for my dad as well he's got various health conditions so I was a carer and I can see them you know, I can, I can still see my dad having issues with being a burden. You know, that's a real thing. And I'm like, but you're not being a burden. I'm just helping you through. Mm. We're a family and we're cool with that. So yeah. I can see it from the other side, I think, which makes me, when I have that burden narrative, try and step back and go, but how did I see my mum? How do I see my dad? Yeah. Actually, I never saw it as a burden ever. Yeah. And I really genuinely didn't. And I do think that you, yeah, if you're able to step out of the burden zone, it increases your value naturally as well and I it's very very difficult though I'm not saying you know I think it's I've got a really really I feel lucky to have the insight to have been a carer mm. and a support partner is another terminology depending on what people kind of but to have been in a family where I've had two disabled parents and it wasn't a problem yeah and I really it really wasn't a problem and they supported me just as much as I supported them it was just mm. in different ways yeah so yeah I think it's but it's really really it's really tough I think that that narrative um, yeah it, to defeat it, it is and I think especially when 
we spend so much of our time at work or whatever it might be you put a lot of value yeah. in that because you're like oh well, my identity is my role what yeah is my role and that's something that I have found particularly challenging recently of well if I can't do that role who am I it's always yeah. been my identity what am I going to do now like I've lost my identity I mean I lost my identity two years ago anyway but I lost it again the one yeah. that I held on to I've now lost and I'm like well, where do I go from here? And then you go into that cycle, like you said, of the burden zone. I like that. I'm going to keep that. The burden yeah. zone. And you do go, well, what What am I adding to this? What am I actually providing other people with? Because currently I'm just sat on the sofa, unable to move. So what am I providing for people? And yeah. it's really difficult to get out of that area and go, you know what? Right now I'm not doing great and that's fine. But I added extra value last week because I took my grandma to the supermarket or whatever it might have been yeah you have to see it as the whole picture not just exactly not just the day the week the month even the year yeah yeah completely yeah. and I think yeah thinking about I mean doing things like this podcast that's mm. you know that's what you've you know and you've added something to society no. um <laughs> But it's true, isn't it? You know, you go, right, so I'm going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. Let's try and bring some, let's bring it out in the open and kind of mm. share some experiences, some thoughts. And if one person goes, I resonate with that, thank you. Yeah. You've, you've added you've added more than, you, you know, a lot of people do in their whole lifetimes. And mm. I think that it's looking for value in other places as well, actually. You don't need to work to have value. You don't need to necessarily do a podcast, although it's very beneficial. Um <laughs> But you can do very, like, if you, for example, were able to chat to somebody and check in with a friend, if you send somebody a WhatsApp message, how are you doing? I'm thinking about you. You've added value to their life. Like, yeah. I think it's it's getting, it's getting, yeah, it's getting an understanding of where you can provide value within your abilities. And actually, mm. yeah, by sharing your experiences or by just dropping somebody a text, having a chat. Um, me, yeah. me, you know there's so many different elements um creating something crafting mm. uh, there's so many ways you can add value and they're not surrounding just work certainly but I do I completely get that that for me like I said my goal was to work full-time mm. and I still look now and I go this is this is tough have I done the right thing um yeah. and, and I mean right now it is the right thing but will it be the right thing going forward don't know you need well... to rethink where your value like I said what's my priorities yeah. actually and all those different things so it's yeah it's uh I am kind of pro I'm pro looking at how you contribute in other ways I think as well because like I can always say my mum was uh, a wheelchair user for I don't know 20 30 years full-time mm. and yet she contributed so much she contributed to so many people's lives that when she died it was such a shock to so many people's systems mm. and people so many people are checking in on me as her daughter like how are you doing we need to look after you your mum looked after us and I mean you know she she technically was a burden on society she didn't work for the last 24 years mm. um she had one you know she had me she had one daughter I looked after her with dad and different things like that but she was creative she was an artist and she also slept a lot <laughs> you know <laughs> she 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 slept like a lot of the day a lot of the night mm. um she required you know a lot of care but she provided so much to people through her wisdom through chatting you know she could she could 
talk on a phone for 20 minutes to somebody and turn their mood around. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, yeah, it's realizing that you as an individual carry so much more than more worth um, with your friends, your family, or just even strangers on the internet, dropping yeah. a tweet out that some people might, you know, <laughs> that might resonate with. Again, it's, yeah, it can be found in so many different places and you don't have to be able-bodied or financially contributing or, you know, mm. you, you can just be you at that given moment and you will be enough. <laughs> That was that was beautifully put. Like I don't actually know how I can like what I can say back. To was it? it was a bit deep. <laughs> no, but, I, but that's what this is about. Like I come into the podcast when I'm recording, and I have a rough idea of what we're going to cover. But I never. I, it's not scripted. There's no like right. I've got to move on yeah. to the next bit. And actually, the best conversations happen where you just let them naturally flow. And I think what you just said was really true and really powerful. Of actually. You do add value, you just got to, it can be in the small things. It doesn't have to be in like anything major, but you do add value. And I think that resonates with anyone, not just people who suffer with um, like FND or chronic health or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's always, you are always adding value. You just have to get out of your, your own way and yeah. see that you're adding value. Exactly. And I think it's difficult sometimes to see it. And I appreciate mm -hmm. that a lot of people are looking for, you know, um bigger bigger things I think but actually yeah like I said I could I witnessed it I've seen it I can see how mm. much worth that somebody can add whilst being technically very restricted you know mm. um shielding throughout a pandemic you know not leaving the house very much and yet adds mm. so much richness to people's lives yeah and it's people will be doing the same without realizing yes like that is that you don't you you will not know that you have added something to somebody's life but smiling at somebody in the street is enough mm. to change their day potentially yeah. and I think that that's what people maybe we need to we all need to step back and look at and go I've I've tried to be a good person like what else could you want yeah um, because we've all got different abilities again with conditions or not um, some people are mathematically minded some people like art some people uh, very into sci-fi some people you know there's all these different things that people have and they mm. all add into a map of kind of well-being throughout our world yeah and it's just I think it's yeah it's reframing that you don't have to be financially contributing to mm. something to make it worthy or worth something and yeah. I think maybe the, the yeah the sentiment of the word worth um if we could look at that a little bit differently then mm. it would help a lot of people to accept and to manage and to kind of go out into the world when they're physically and mentally able to grab the opportunities that are there yeah definitely I mean you just that, that was just so well put I just I think I feel I feel I feel better I feel like when we started talking about work I was like oh god like oh I'm not sure how I'm going to navigate this one and actually you've made me feel a lot better so thank you very much it's very much appreciated oh fantastic I, I thank great. you <laughs> I, I feel like I'm like yeah I add value I, well, I think I yeah stuff like, it's important yeah. to cover both <laughs> aspects, I think, because it is people do want to work, I think, generally. And I think you do have to go, look, this is where I am. I do want to work. I want to work full time. This is how I navigate working. It's very difficult. And actually, I do have to look at myself and go, this week was crap. You know, yeah. I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve at work. And yeah. then I have to look elsewhere for my worth as well. So even even having the job and working, yeah. I still have to go. That was a bad week. Yeah. I did not function as I wanted to function. I need to find 
what I did good somewhere else yeah. <laughs> because not every week's a good week no. and yeah and it's the bigger picture I think is is very difficult too but I do think again it's it can be quite important to to be aware of um yeah be aware of of what value actually means to you value and worth just come across as such kind of um ethereal concepts but actually they're pretty simple when you break it down to just say you've tried to be good you've helped and mm. you've been you at that given point I mean that was beautifully summed up <laughs> you just have a way with words it was thank it was you very very I, I just I'm I kind of like I'm processing everything you've just said like I need to take this on board and actually hold on to it I always feel a bit wordy <laughs> I'm never sure myself whether but I you know I do I speak from the heart I think is probably the best way to explain it and like mm. I said I've seen the world from a few different angles and I try to absorb as much as I can from people's experiences to go you know what did I get from that what did they get from that and understand yeah. human nature a bit more and uh, it's partly being a volunteer mm. um, involved in volunteering a lot I think is you do kind of you know what motivates us to volunteer or to help or to you know it's all very interesting stuff so. indeed indeed well I mean <laughs> my brain feels like it's grown a couple of sizes just during yeah this sorry time. it's a bit 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 heavy going that's all right that's <laughs> right that's that's what we I think at the end of the day like you said we don't know the impact that this one conversation might have this might have just helped 10 people it might have helped one person at the end of the day it's going to have helped someone and it's definitely helped me so fantastic you know well, what? that gives I'm that gives that gives me worth and value <laughs> i'm taking that and i'm taking the slight brain ache that i've now got because my brain has now grown yeah I'm a, yeah a bit, bit, bit heavy but having said that if you know you can listen to it in bits <laughs> exactly you don't have to listen to us continuously it's absolutely yes. fine we won't take it personally um <laughs> but i think i think actually there's so much that can be taken from that conversation and look we've just ended up kind of cycling through a couple of different things like this was not scripted. This wasn't a planned conversation. This was just seeing where our brains ended up. And I think actually we've ended up covering some really important things like the burden zone, which I'm totally going to keep hold of because I really like that <laughs> phrasing. The burden zone or working and value and um, worth and things like that. And actually all that stuff, whether you have FND or not, is really important to kind of explore and Definitely. kind of get to grips with what it means for you um and what that means for your life and I think that's really important so I think you've just helped a whole load of people with your beautifully put paragraphs on worth and value I think people are going to be very appreciative of it I hope it's vaguely useful that's all it, as long as it's vaguely useful for someone that's great <laughs> I'm sure it will be so um I'm going to finish there because my brain is starting to go a bit foggy so before I end up saying random things and shouting bananas and things at you I'm going to go so that I don't do that. But thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and kind of talk about all the stuff we've spoken about. And maybe we can do another one at another point and kind of cover a bit more um, of the things we didn't manage to cover today. Is that all right? Yeah, thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, we hope you found it enjoyable listening to two people chat away and me lose my mind a couple of times but it's absolutely fine um let us know what you thought and thank you very much Sarah for coming on